whoa, 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 hang on a moment. Yes, you know what time it is. This is Jen, your host, and this podcast is all about taking agency and owning yourself. And every week on this show, I'm going to help you use your voice, stand in your power, and operate from a place of self. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's podcast. Today we're going to dive straight in and I want to talk about confidence. And the reason why this has come up as a subject is because obviously it's connected to the entire um, theme of the podcast, having agency and owning ourselves. And it's something that's actually showed up for me this week and also showed up for one of my clients that I'm working with at the moment. Now, confidence, self-confidence or a lack of confidence is quite a common situation that we often find ourselves in. And we can be very confident or we can be not very confident. And so certain situations or circumstances in our life will dictate where we sit on that continuum of confident, not confident, and obviously everywhere in between that. So confidence really is about feeling sure of yourself and your abilities. And I think when people lack confidence, it can be connected to having a low self-esteem and low self-esteem is around how you feel about your ability to um, achieve things. And, you know, what what can often bring this around um, or what can create this stuckness in the body, in the mind of this lack of confidence are things that sometimes we feel like we don't have any control over. I mean, we do have control over these things, but sometimes they just happen. It's part of our chimp, um, you know, coming and rearing its ugly head and, you know, keeping us stuck in this place where actually we're in a fear state rather than um, a place of abundance or um, creating. And, you know, to be in this place of abundance and creating takes quite a lot of work. And if you've gone through experiences in your life that have knocked your confidence, which is typically what happens, because when we're kids, we're super confident, things erode us as we get older or as we go through certain times. It's very, very hard. You know, I can say, you know, some of the areas in my life where I haven't had the confidence um, because of scenarios that have happened, which really stole my confidence and I had to build it back up again, were things like relationships, um, work scenarios, my health, my fitness. And I'm sure that applies to most people, even things like finances. Obviously, with the global pandemic, it was probably a time where a lot of people potentially lost confidence, confidence in social interaction, confidence in their ability to you know, keep going with things like the gym or, or or going into work every day because obviously we were on lockdown, so all of these things weren't happening. So confidence is probably the crucial differentiator in what makes people feel like they're succeeding or not in life. So the things that can kind of keep us stuck in this place of not having confidence are, you know, there's a number of things, but some of the things that I sort of listed here in, in my preparation notes are, you know, this fear of failure or fear of success. So, you know, if we think that we're going to fail, we lose our confidence. If we think we might succeed, we can also lose our confidence because we just don't understand how that success is going to feel. And so in a way that ties into fear of the unknown. And I actually put a short 
short um, video on my Instagram a few months ago about this. In, in fact, in relation to this podcast, because I sat on this podcast idea for about a year and I think it was probably due to circumstances, but I felt really uncomfortable and I felt really lacking in confidence. And when I actually dissected why, I couldn't find a reason. So I just felt like it was fear of the unknown because I didn't have a fear of um, talking. I didn't have a fear of the content. Like I didn't feel like I was going to fail with that. I actually didn't care whether I was a failure or a success because I'm really doing it to help people who are tuning into my vibration and want this kind of support. And also, you know, for for myself, because it was a goal of mine. I think there were, there might have been a little bit of trepidation around, you know, how do I record this? How do I get this online? Um, you know, do I have the right kit? But then I slowly realized that actually they were just conditions that I was putting in the way of me moving forward and they weren't really that important in the grand scheme of things. But also familiarity. So, you know, if we're very familiar, if we're sort of in a surrounding that keeps us stuck there, we can lose our confidence to go outside of that space because you know familiarity is 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 what we know and it feels safe feels stable you know so we don't have the confidence to break away from that because we actually feel more happier and more stable with what we already know so that can absolutely stop confidence um also a lack of knowledge and a lack of experience. So I sort of touched on this a little bit with the podcast. But, you know, it's like if you think back to anything we've ever learned to do in life, even riding a bike, which is obviously the example that's always used. And it obviously comes back to experiential learning because you get on the bike and you will fall off because no one knows how no one's born knowing how to ride a bike. (laughs) You know, no one's born knowing how to drive a car. No one's born knowing how to do a mathematical sum. Nobody is born knowing how to hang um, wallpaper. Nobody is born knowing how to do whatever profession it is that you end up doing. We get there through learned experience, learned behaviour, you know, we build our knowledge. And it's all about experiential learning because when we try things, they don't work out, then we know not to do it that way again. So it's like lessons learned and then we move forward. But, you know, lack of knowledge and lack of experience can really stop our confidence. And um, also, I guess like another thing to add to that is, you know, if you feel like you're kind of like putting quite a lot of effort in, but you're not seeing any returns, um, that can also create a little confidence um dilemma because obviously you know it is all this case of I'm doing all of the work but I'm not seeing um the you know the benefits of my you know the fruits of my labor and I think that can kind of turn into um negative self-talk which I'm going to come to in a second but also it kind of like you you lose the um, momentum. So your momentum disappears and therefore, you know, you sort of lose your confidence because you stop trying. So it goes back to that whole thing about experience and just dealing with, you know, the highs and the lows and the learnings. And, you know, it's quite hard sometimes to motivate ourselves to keep going in the face of adversity. It really is. And I, you know, I'm going to vouch for that 110%. 
I struggle, but you know, I do keep going. And even when I have times that don't feel good in my life, I do keep going. And again, I'm not saying that I am perfect because I am in the same shoes as some of my clients, some of you listening to this, because I'm just a flawed human like you are. And so there's going to be areas that I'm super confident in and areas that I am not. So, you know, they are, I guess, the areas of my life that I feel like I need to put the most effort into. But of course, because they're not as rewarding because I'm not getting as much back from them, then obviously it it loses my confidence, loses the interest, loses the attraction. And, you know, before you know it, you've given up. And it's really, really difficult. But, you know, what sort of comes from that as well is this self-limiting beliefs and negative self-talk. So, you know, if we do tell ourselves over and over again that we can't make it, that we're not good enough, you know, that we're not worthy or that I'll never do it, um, or that I'm not good enough or that no one's going to buy from me or that, you know, what's the point of applying? I'm not going to get the job or, you know, I'm never going to be able to buy that house that I want because I just can't earn enough money because I'm not clever enough. You know, it's like those self-limiting beliefs, they will get you. They will get you and they end up stopping you from progress. And, you know, one of the things I like to say, it's a common, um, you know, statement is, you know, it is progress, not perfection. So with anything in life, to build confidence, it's about repetition and progression. It isn't about perfection. But if any of these self-limiting beliefs and negative self-talk that is happening is stopping you from progressing, that's when you've got the problem. Because without progression, how can you develop? How can you improve? How can you then get that confidence? So, you know, negative self-talk, again, makes, you know, creates havoc in the brain because it just, you know, solidifies those thoughts and feelings and it sits in your body and then your body obviously you know from the monkey mind is kind of you know this self-fulfilling prophecy that you're not good enough so you know these are the things that just don't help at all with our confidence and then on top of that not only do we have our own voices in our head but we also have other people's voices in our head so it might be your parents it might be a sibling it might be a teacher from when you were a child it might be a boss from when you were older Um, It might be a continuing statement that you've heard throughout your life that actually, you know, holds you back, even though it's not really a fault of yours or it's not something that you feel or is actually a major problem. One of the things I've mentioned it before is, you know, people say I don't listen and it is an actual lie because I listen I listen a lot. I have a bit of a hearing issue, but <laughs> other than that, I listen a lot. But because I'm a because I talk fast with my ADHD, that's a perception. But yeah, perception is reality. But if you hear that over and over and over and over again, you know, you suddenly start to believe that you've got a problem with listening. And it's about how do you get by that? Because I, I know I don't, but you know, if people say that to me, as I said, perception is reality. And um that can then create a resistance in yourself. But you know what, we're talking about other people, and I've mentioned this before in one of the previous episodes, is this whole thing about comparison. And I'm going to be honest with you, you know, even I struggle with this sometimes. I think it's a real problem for most people. And I think anyone that says they don't, I think there's a little bit of a white lie in there. Because everybody will compare themselves to somebody else. Even if you're absolutely amazing in the business that you do, let's just say you go to a dance class and you can't get the steps right and you look at the person in front of you and they are absolutely bang on the money, you're going to compare yourself to them. 
You know, let's say, you know, you've not particularly eaten very well. It gets to summer holiday and you realize, you know, five weeks too late that you should have been putting a bit more effort in in the gym. And then you see your mate, she's arrived and she's looking hot. And you look at her and you're like, I knew I should have done more at the gym. You're comparing yourself. So it's like it's impossible not to compare ourselves to others. But comparison is the feast of joy and comparison will eat into your confidence. So the idea with comparing yourself to others, even though it's possible, is not to dwell on it. So if you do recognize that someone's obviously done a little bit more with their health and fitness regime or somebody is a little bit more competent with the dancing in a dance class um, or somebody has done something more than you in the workplace, maybe just recognize it, accept it and let it go. You know, don't hold on to it because that's when it sticks into your body and creates this, you know, all of this negativity around not being good enough. So I'm going to give you a really brief example of of something that happened to me and that I think maybe a number of people could relate to this. Um, But it's about being a woman and going to the gym and lifting weights. So I remember I've been going to the gym for years. It's something I've been doing since I was about 16. Um, I was obviously into fitness in, in school. I was a runner. I've mentioned that before. And um, I started going to the gym, but for years and years and years and years, I just did classes. And I even did weightlifting classes like Body Pump, if you know that, which is like the Les Mills classes. Um, and it was mostly women in those classes. You know, they'd be the odd few men, but it was mostly women. Because where were the men? Oh, well, the men were in the men's gym. Now, the men's gym was never called the men's gym, but in our heads as women, as maybe inferior or unconfident women or even men, we felt like that was a space that we weren't allowed to go because we didn't know what we were doing or we didn't have muscles or we didn't, you know, understand how the equipment worked. And I remember like very early on when I first worked my very, very, very first personal trainer and he would take me into the men's gym. Now in this particular gym that I was a member of, there was actually a ladies gym. So there was a very specific area that was clearly signposted ladies gym. And so of course that was already creating a little bit of a divide. However, I realized they were putting that there as a safe space for women who didn't want to train in the men's gym, but it was never called the men's gym and it was massive. So, you know, men had all this access to all these weights and women were just shoved into the women's gym, the ladies gym or in the classes. And when my personal trainer took me into um, to lift weights, I remember even with my personal trainer feeling so paranoid thinking like, how must I look? Um, a, a, there's no mirror, so I can't even see. Like, I bet people are laughing at me. Those men are probably thinking, oh, you know, she's so weak. Look, at her. she's on like the lightest weight. Because I obviously thought like lifting heavy weights equated to brilliance, which it actually doesn't because it's time under tension, um, is one of the things that helps build muscles. Um, and, you know, I was I was kind of in this space of feeling so uncomfortable. And so there was absolutely no way, no way on this earth that I was ever going to go into the men's gym without my personal trainer. And so there was a few times where I ventured in there, but I remember like palpitations, feeling really nervous. I'd probably stay for a short while and then I'd leave really quickly and like, you know, just get out of the room because I felt really uncomfortable, like so lack of confidence was just controlling me and all these negative self-talk, thinking what people were thinking about me, comparing myself to the men that were lifting weights, which is stupid because men are obviously stronger than women anyway. 
some men, not all men, obviously depending on your level of fitness and strength. Um, but yeah, I remember that. And anyway, fast forward, fast forward to um, 2014 when I decided I was going to do a bodybuilding competition. And I started doing an online training program with a very famous Instagram personal trainer. And um, he was someone I'd been following for a while. And he was doing this program for women. And he was actually co-sharing this program with another female, like with a female. And um, she was a bodybuilding um, bikini um, uh, competitor. And that was so intriguing because it was the first time that it ever got close. Like I'd seen them in like fitness magazines, but it was the first time they'd ever got close to like having conversations with a woman that actually lifted weights. And anyway, what transpired was from that, I from that particular online um, coaching that was like a group program, I started slowly but surely going into the gym because all of a sudden I had a program and I didn't have a I didn't have a personal trainer like in my space. They were online. So, you know, I started going into the gym, but because I was coached so well by this personal trainer, this female and this male personal trainer, I actually started feeling confident because I thought, I really relate to this guy. He's like famous on Instagram. So obviously he's great. You know, he had all these followers. He looked the part. He'd been a, a, a fitness model. He used to be in the army. And, and that was always a thing that I'd looked at with a personal trainer because I wanted someone that was literally going to, you know, really push me. So, you know, it was like boot camp stuff, but this was all in the weight space. And, you know, I, I just suddenly started going into the gym. And because I knew what I was doing and because he was really clear with instructions on how to use the machines and how many reps and how many sets to do, which I'd never been given before. I started coming into my own. I started going into the area of the gym that was mostly men. But I started walking in and not giving a beep, (laughs) to be honest, because I'd walk in and I'd be like, I know what I want to do. Like, I know what my program is. I know where the weights are. I know why I'm doing this. I, I know that I'm seeing benefits already. And all of a sudden, my confidence started to grow and grow and grow. And I stopped thinking about what do other people think? What if I look stupid? How do I do this? I can't get it right. What's the point? It's not going to benefit with me. You know, it's not going to benefit me. People are going to laugh at me. I'm never going to do it. And then I entered a bodybuilding competition. And then I entered another one, you know, and so then I became a personal trainer. And it was like, if I'd have never taken that first step into the gym or never started working with this online personal trainer, I probably never would have beaten that fear of being in the men's gym and lifting weights, you know, and it's all relative to your body, your body composition, your strength. And, you know, I would quite often then have men coming up to me in the gym and saying, oh, I noticed that movement you were doing there could you tell me what it was? Because it looked really cool. So, you know, we literally just switched the tables. All of a sudden, I was in the gym, not the men's gym, but the gym, and men were asking me for advice. So, you know, that's just a little story of how it can work if you suddenly start to build your confidence. But also, I was so at that starting point, I had no confidence, even though I'd always been into fitness. So how can we develop confidence? So, some of the key ways to develop confidence, I've got a, quite a long list here, so I'll run through these. But, you know, there's so many things, again, out there on the internet, but it's really just about desiring it. That's one of the main things. It's like, what do you actually want to do? If you really want to do it, you know, if you have such a desire to do something, then that will boost your confidence because 
you know, there's there's no way you're not going to do it if your desire is high. So it's about making sure that, you know, you have a higher desire. If you have a low desire to do something, then your confidence is unlikely to change because the desire and the motivation internally isn't there. So you need to have that desire. But one of the ways that you might be able to get past this point of how do I start, because sometimes that's what our confidence leads us to, like, how do I get past this? How do I start? Because you're in this fear state. Um, is really thinking about sort of times in your life when you did really well. So I would say as a starting point, take three times in your life when you did really well. And what you should do is write out what what did you actually achieve? So like that's an example. I achieved bodybuilding competitions and getting men asking me for advice on lifting weights. How did you do it? So I did it by finding an expert, um, feeling confident in terms of my ability, learning the skill, practice, repetition, ignoring the voices in my head, not comparing myself to others. And um, I can say the same again about other areas of life where I've had some success. You know, that was definitely how I approached it. And then what skills did you bring? So, you know, for example, like the skills might be tenacity, you know, so a skill or a quality or a behaviour, um, also determination, which is kind of similar, but then also, um, you know, uh, consistency. And that's one of the things that they say, for example, with weightlifting is it's about consistency um, that obviously will bring you results. Because if you go to the gym for six weeks and then you don't go for six months and go back again six weeks later, then whatever you did six, six months prior is just gone. You know, so it's all about consistency and progress. And um, so it's about, yeah, what skills did you bring? So that might be, you know, curiosity. Um, That might be time management. So again, you know, you could quite easily say, oh, I can't go to the gym today because I'm too busy. And you're busy might be watching the TV or staying late at work. Um, But it's about having that kind of accountability, I guess, for your own time. And then where was your starting point? So again, my starting point was I was so scared I was so nervous so self-conscious I had no idea I, I just couldn't bear to be there I like palpitations really the whole physical emotional mental um dysregulation from being in the men's gym but then look where I got to so it's like if you can do that for three times in your life you can see well actually you have you have done something before where you've had to really cultivate your confidence so lean into those examples then Another key aspect of developing confidence is to step outside of your comfort zone. So doing something that, you know, you haven't done before or that you find quite difficult. What you want to be careful of here is not stepping into the panic zone. So outside the comfort zone, we have the stretch zone. That's where you want to go to. The panic zone is too far out because if you do something that's going to seriously, you know, create anxiety and stress, then you will go straight back to your comfort zone and you'll find it difficult to step back outside of that again. So it's about taking baby steps. So, but you're going out of that zone and you're going into your stretch zone. So something that feels a little bit uncomfortable, but not too difficult. And that's kind of where you want to get to. And again, practicing that. But then another key part of confidence is about self-love and celebrating yourself every day. Because if we don't have this mindset of, you know, cheerleading ourselves 
or, you know, really banging our own drum, then we will struggle because we have to believe in ourselves because people don't always believe in you until you believe in yourself. So that's so important. So, you know, again, a couple of examples here is like mirror work. So affirmations or you know, standing in the mirror and saying that I love you, saying, wow, you're amazing. You've done amazing today. Some people will find that hard at first, but again, that's confidence. It's about moving into your stretch zone. Gratitude journaling, because if you're grateful for things, more things flow to you. But this one is amazing, which is journaling daily wins. So if you can start to sort of journal on a regular basis, either every single win you can think of in that day or at least five wins or 10 wins, and, you know, your wins can be big wins or small wins, then that's going to start moving you into this place of, you know, accepting that you are capable of doing good stuff and not lacking in confidence. And then this one, which I really love as well, and I I do do this, um, not in a very structured way, but I do do it. And sometimes I feel like, God, I hope I don't, I don't want to, no, no one knows I do this. So I'm sharing this now, but it's, you know, sometimes I do worry. I'm like, gosh, seems a little bit narcissistic this, but it's not, it's absolutely not. Because what I'm suggesting here is that you collect compliments from others and, I do it sometimes, like I'll screenshot it. So if like somebody sends me a really nice message in my inbox, um, I screenshot it because I just think I want to hang on to that because when I'm having moments of self-doubt or where I don't feel confident, I need to go and look at all the great things that people have said to me and I need to believe them. So compliments are really powerful because it, it counteracts that, you know, that thought of other people and what do they think of you in comparison because if people are giving you compliments then it means that you're demonstrating something that they can see and so you need to hold on to that then this one I actually I actually am stealing this from an article that I read over lockdown and I thought it was amazing and it's such a lovely one to do what you need to do is keep a rewards jar and um, what you could do is if you write down your daily wins let's say you do 10 wins a day or you write as many as possible every time you've tossed up 100 wins so you can number them in your journal like one two three four tomorrow you might go you know four to twelve and then the day after it might be like 13 to um, 20 you know so before you know it you're at 100 wins When you get 100 wins, you can go into your reward jar and you can pull out a little raffle ticket or whatever little piece of paper with the reward written on it and then you get that reward. So in a way, you're kind of like, you know, you're building up this kind of like, I'm going to give myself something for all of my wins. And so it's creating some kind of reward and competition in you to recognize all of the good things about yourself rather than minimizing those. But also, you know, some of the things outside of that is like building your emotional resilience and self-compassion. So, you know, that's probably like another another podcast in itself, to be fair. But actually, you know, emotional resilience and self-compassion really help with confidence, because if you are feeling great, then it's easy to be confident. If you are feeling like life's overwhelming you or you've got a lot going on or you've just perhaps, you know, had a bad time at work or in a relationship, it's really difficult to have confidence it really does take it out of you so you know it's about perhaps you know finding people that are going to raise your spirits you know finding time to do things that make you happy and that's obviously going to build your emotional resilience but um you know, stop stop worrying about what other people think as well. Stop worrying about other people's thoughts, words and actions. You know, it's like you might have voices in your head, people in the past, you know, 
your parents, your teacher, whatever, who have said things to you. But that's not true. That's just their words. Like, their words are not true. And I'm going to come to something to catch this shortly. But, you know, try to ignore those because it's just somebody's opinion. It's not fact, okay? It's an opinion. An opinion is not fact. And a really nice one to tie in with this, um, I'm going to sort of give you examples here from three different people that I... um, I love their kind of theory and their approach to this is um, Mel Robbins, who is another coach, and she has created this theory called Let Them. And I love it. I've given that um, advice to a number of people that I coach and also just that I am friends with. And it is basically along the lines. I mean, you can Google it and find it. It's on her podcast. She's got an episode on this. Um, but it's like if somebody says something or does something, for example, let's just say one of the examples she uses is like all your girlfriends have a night out and you're not invited. And obviously one of the first things that you're going to think of when you see that on a photograph, and I have been here, so I can I can vouch for this, is why wasn't I invited? Like, oh my God, like, they must hate me. There's something wrong with me. You know, it's like, we do this. I mean, I was much younger when this happened, but it, it did happen. And I, I felt awful. Um, but Mel's very simple theory is to just say the words, ah, let them, let them, let them. And, you know, what she's kind of suggesting is that, you know, over time, if you use the let them theory, it starts to take less importance away of what other people's actions and behaviours are against your own because you suddenly become in control again. Because if you're saying, you know what, I'm not bothered, I don't care, like do whatever you want, like let them, then it kind of puts you back in the driving seat rather than actually, you know, being a passenger. So that's a really good one to use. Um, but also another one, and I've used these as well, is visualisation techniques. So if you're lacking confidence or not that you're lacking confidence, but if you're not sure you're going to get somewhere, um, then visualisation is great. So I do this quite a lot if I am going on holiday and I do want to flip the numbers on the scale or on my waistline a little bit, then I usually hold a number that I know is right for me. And without really doing major amounts of effort, I just visualise this every day. And because I'm visualising that it's in my mind's eye that I want to achieve it. And so because of that I just create automatically habits that are going to put me in line for hitting that target and you know so I might run a bit more I might eat choose healthy options because I'm consistently thinking of that number and then eventually you know when I do check in on the time I'm 10 times out of 10 always achieving it because visualization is so powerful and like a lot of athletes and famous people business people anybody who is you know, really keen on like performance, they will use visualization techniques because they do work and obviously performance improves confidence. So, you know, these are really great. Another example is we talked about self-limiting beliefs and this is something that, you know, that you can, you can really, you can really do is, um, is take all of those self-limiting beliefs, like I'm not good enough, I won't make it, I'm not going to succeed, why would they choose me, and rewrite them into positive statements. So you rewrite those statements like, I am amazing, I am succeeding, I have succeeded, people will buy from me, people are buying from me, I am the person 
that delivers. All of these things that are kind of a switch of your negative self-talk and then you want to stick them somewhere where you can see them every day. So you might print them out and put them on a list and you can use these as affirmations in the mirror or you might just want to, you know, have them on your phone that pop up as an alarm um, or put them in your journal so that it's a page that you look at every single morning and every single night. You know, all of these things you can do and it's just going to reaffirm, you know, those positive um, beliefs rather than self-limiting beliefs. But what you can do, like how you can catch yourself with a self-limiting belief and be more accountable is when you recognize that you are stating a self-limiting belief, talk back to yourself. Talk back to yourself as you would talk to a friend or a family member and argue with yourself and actually state the reasons why that isn't true. Because if one of my friends turned around to me and said, I can't make it, I'm not going to succeed, or I'm just not going to start because I just don't think I've got what it takes, my answer back to them would be, that's absolutely rubbish. You are so good. You are going to smash this. Look at when you did X, Y, and Z, you know? And remember when you did this and think about that, you know, all of those skills are going to make you, you know, like formidable. So you will achieve this. So you can do that. But also um, you can be that accountable to yourself that you actually log all of this in your journal. So you actually log your times where you have caught yourself with negative self-talk. And then to make this even more substantial, to gamify this in terms of your back, balance, excuse me, what you need to do is every time you say something negative to yourself, it's a bit like a swear jar, deduct a score from your daily wins. Okay. So if you're aiming to get a hundred wins to get your reward, it might be like a spa day, or it might be booking your next holiday, or it might be going on a shopping spree with 500 pounds in your pocket. You know, every time you say something bad to yourself, you're going to remove the opportunity to actually get a reward. I think you're going to soon stop doing it because you're going to know and you're going to call yourself out. So you can really up the ante here. You can become so accountable to yourself. Um, Another thing, you can set yourself a small challenge for 30 days and you can stick to it to prove to yourself that you can do it. So you could do a running streak or you could do a sobriety streak or you could do um, a, a no takeaway coffee streak. You know, you could do something for 30 days and at the end of that 30 days, you can then reflect back on how much better you feel for having achieved it. And also then you might say, well, I'm going to go up a bit. So you might have done a run, you might have done like a 3K run every day for 30 days or you might have just got out of the house for at least 10 minutes. You might say, right, I'm going to change this now and I'm going to do like, I want to get out of the house every day for 20 minutes. Um, you know, so there's so much you can do and it all just builds that confidence muscle as well. So a few more to go here, but mute or hide anything that is stealing your joy through comparison. So, you know, stop judging yourself against others because it is futile and we are all different. We all bring different things to the table. But again, guilty myself. I have done this, but I absolutely do choose ways to stop me comparing. And, you know, I will avoid going to see something or avoid being in a certain space or mute block whatever I need to do in a scenario where I feel like something is really pulling on my confidence um because you know there are so many things that can pull your confidence down and the only person that can control that confidence is yourself and if you're leaning into comparison you will erode your confidence 
And on that note, what you really need to do, a massive win in playing, in, in building your confidence is playing to your strengths. So again, going back to some of the work you've done earlier, if you followed any of these um, activities as I've listed them off, is, you know, all of the skills and traits that you brought in when you'd mastered something, when you were able to do something really well, you know, what are those skills like what are your strengths what's the theme what sort of feedback do you get from friends family clients employees employers you know what perhaps you know make a list of like your 10 strengths you know do the joe harry window which i talked about last week you know do your strengths weaknesses opportunities threats you can find all of your strengths if you do some work you can do psychometric profiling but when you know what your strengths are try to play to those and if you're having to do stuff that doesn't play to your strengths try to find a way that it does you know be a bit creative and try to work in your own space and in your own lane and then these final things uh, the last one is quite a biggie um but another one which is a little bit more of a, a physiological and a psychological approach is using the power pose. So the power pose is something that we can use if we were feeling a lack of confidence around having to converse with somebody or having to, you know, converse with ourselves about giving ourselves a bit of a pep talk. And the power pose is basically a bit like, you know, your archetypal superhero, hands on your hips, shoulders back, chest out, you know, head up and just actually, you know, holding that power pose. Because to be honest, even me, I'm actually doing it now. You'd probably laugh if you saw this, but I'm actually half doing this power pose right now. And um, I feel I felt instantly felt com- more confident when I put my head up, shoulders back, hands on my hips. So, you know, again, you know, from a kind of a body language perspective, if you're dealing with others, be careful because you don't want people to think you're coming down on them like a ton of bricks because it can look author- authoritative. Um but of course, that's why it works, because it creates authority. And, you know, it builds this courage and conviction in yourself. So the final part, I just wanted to say, and you can Google this online, because I have been introduced to these two things by coaches that I have had in the past, and they are so good, is using Byron Katie's the four questions. So if you hear something or you think something that somebody else has said or or thought about you or that you think this about yourself, you can ask yourself, is it true? Is it true? Okay. And then the next question is, can you absolutely know that it's true? So you might think it's true, but is it actually true? So that's when you really drill down into that initial question, is it true? Then The third one is, how do you act or feel when you believe that thought? So if we're talking about confidence, you know, that's going to make you feel like you're not good enough. It's going to make you feel like there's no point in carrying on. But the final question is, what would you be without that thought? And so, okay, if we took that thought away that we weren't good enough, all of a sudden, we feel like we can do it. We've got some confidence. We We can do this. We can go... We can go the mile, you know, we can we can we can put in the, you know, the graft because we've got it. It's fine. We can do it. So, you know, it's just about changing your thoughts. That's a really nice little neat exercise to do. And then the final one is the four agreements. And this is great. This is by Don Miguel Ruiz. And this is a little bit more of a kind of like um, 
yeah, like again, a bit of a code of conduct, I guess. So this is about um, four key statements. And it's so good to use these when you are dealing with yourself and your self-confidence. And that is don't make assumptions. So, you know, we make assumptions all the time about what other people think about us. Or we make assumptions about whether we're going to succeed or we're going to fail. We make assumptions about what our customers or potential customers might think about us. It's an assumption. So don't make them because that's not going to help you. Next one, be impeccable with your word. So, you know, that means, you know, being being kind, being genuine, being authentic and, um, you know, not talking down to yourself, not talking down about others. The third one, don't take everything seriously. I mean, wow, if we all spent a life where we didn't take everything seriously, we'd definitely all be a lot happier. We definitely all have lots more confidence because we get pulled into this negativity of serious behavior and having to be the best and having to prove ourselves and having to show up for ourselves and ticking all these boxes. And at the end of the day, is it does it really matter? Just don't take everything so seriously. So, you know, I love that one. And then the final one, which is how I'm going to leave this podcast today. And this is absolutely all you can do to boost your confidence. But it's always going to boost your confidence because the final one is always do your best. Excuse me, always do your best. And so your best is about being the best version of yourself and doing what's within your power. And if that do your best isn't how you feel comfortable, then you go away and you learn skills, knowledge, experience to do better. And that's when you keep going through all of these things I've listed and you push outside of your comfort zone, you go into your stretch zone, you learn more, you do more, and then you you do a better best because you're doing, always doing your best. So I hope this has helped today. Um, It's been a whistle-stop tour of confidence techniques, but obviously, you know, there's a myriad out there. There's a myriad in this podcast. And of course, if you're working with me as a coaching client, then of course, we can dive deeper into some of these things and be way more concise and constructive about how we apply these to specific areas of your life. But having confidence is obviously going to massively improve your well-being, your ability to have agency and own yourself and direct your life in the way that you want it to go. So please take note of this. Please download, share and save. And of course, as always, please do subscribe and you'll get notified about every future episode. Okay. So on that note, I am going to love you and leave you And I will speak to you again very soon. All right, guys, take care. Bye.